Helping Scope helps children. It is an invaluable experience anyone can give to children. You don't just learn independence, you gain self-confidence. At camp, you have more people to meet and more places to go. You get to learn. You can also use these lessons to help you in life. The skills you learn at camp and come home with can change the trajectory of your life forever. Scope's help gives kids that opportunity. Camp is really fun. It teaches you new things. You can be more active and also you can have lots of fun. Hi. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to episode five. So today we're interviewing Andy Siegel, who's Tyler Hill. And Andy, tell us like your elevator pitch for the listeners. Well, first of all, thank you guys for inviting me to join. I love what you're doing. I love the connection to Scope. And I love the fact that we kind of share the same passion for camp. Me as a former camper, counselor, now director, owner, and you as campers, soon to be counselors. I, I love that. Um, listen, what's my elevator pitch? I, I think what we do in camp, whether we're talking about a sleepaway camp like ours or a not-for-profit camp like the ones that uh, support scope campers, we all do the same thing. We create this environment that allows campers and counselors really to feel like they're in the greatest place in the world, a place where it's safe emotionally and physically, a place where they're growing personally and professionally, and a place that that ultimately uh, is really a lot of fun and uh, and makes people feel good about themselves. I feel like that's, that's definitely what yeah. camp encompasses. It's the whole purpose of camp, and I feel like that's why you have kids returning for their entire lives, and you have that you have that bond and you have that connection and that's what makes the passion so strong. Yeah. Camp um, truly just changed lives. Yeah. Totally agree. And and it did for me as a kid. And I know that it's, it's in the process of doing that for you guys as well. So you yourself as a camper and a director, and you know, you've been involved with camp your entire life. What, what is your all time favorite moment? So it's a hard question. There are so many great moments. Um, when I was really, when I was younger, I loved playing sports. I was involved in every sport I could be. And so I loved the competition. I loved the fact that uh, a kid like me that came from a neighborhood like mine, who wasn't going anywhere athletically in, in the real world, at camp, I was able to be somebody. And I, and I loved that I could be on the teams and be an active you know, participant and feel good about myself. I love that. And I love that we still create that for kids. Um, but when I think about the moments, the, the moments for me now are being able to look at seven and eight-year-olds who start camp with us um, and then see them in what feels like 10 minutes, 10 years later, you know, and, and now they're becoming, you know, young adults and counselors and applying to college and, and all those things. So all of those moments lead up to the, the ability for us to sort of really watch people grow up and watch them grow and, and, and uh, bloom, so to speak. Yeah. So how'd you get to Tyler Hill? Great question. And I'll give you, unfortunately, it's not a short answer. So you'll have to condense this however you condense it. Um, I grew up in Baltimore. I went to camp in West Virginia. Um, in fact, most of the kids I went to camp with grew up in South Florida, where you guys are. Um, I got to go to camp because my dad did work for the guy who owned the camp. And that was a way my sister and I could get involved and, and get to spend the summers there. It's all I ever wanted to do. I was interviewed by a newspaper in Pikesville, Maryland, when I was 12 years old. And they said, 
what do you want to do for a living? I said, I want to be a camp director. Um, but everybody wants to be a camp director. How does that actually happen? I graduated from college. My dad had this really great business that he wanted me to run. He was a financial consultant. And I never really filled out a resume. I never did anything because I knew I had a job when I graduated from college. I went to camp every summer through college, unlike my friends that got internships. And I graduated from college and I went to work for my dad. And three weeks later, I said, dad, this isn't going to work. Like, I'm not like the type of guy who can sit around at a desk and put on a tie and a jacket. I don't even understand what you're talking about with all these numbers. He says, well, what do you want to do? I said, I want to work with kids. And at that time, um, I, I just decided on a whim to move out west. And I became a ski instructor in Jackson Hole, Wyoming. And I lived out there for two years. And I ended up running the ski school. And I loved it. And I made a really important decision on April 1st of 1993. And that was, if I don't leave now, I'm never going to leave. So I called up some friends that owned camps that used to go to camp with me. And I said, I'd love to just work for the summer because I'm going to be a teacher. They said, oh, my God, that's great. You're going to be a great teacher. So I randomly landed at Tyler Hill Camp, not knowing anything about Tyler Hill because kids from Baltimore didn't go to camp in the Northeast. Um, and it just so happens my now partner, Jay, just bought Tyler Hill. And about two weeks into the summer, he comes over and he says to me, so what do you do for a living? I said, I'm going to be a teacher. He says, no, you're not. He says, not now you're not. He says, you might be one day, but I think you're going to be a camp director. And he said, will you move to New York and start working a camp with me? We've got a lot of work to do at Tyler Hill. And uh, here I am 30 summers later, and it kind of worked out. That's so cool. That's, That's such a great story. That is. What do you major in college or do you recommend like any majors in college that'll connect back to the camp field? So I majored in political science. That is not one I would recommend if you want to be a camp director. <laughs> but, but I think, look, I think if you, um, I think sociology is great. I think psychology is great. I think um, education is great. Um, look, camp is also a big business as well. So I think yeah. that people that go to business school uh, will, you know, will do really well in summer camp business. A friend of mine told me recently, he thinks everybody should go to law school because almost every business nowadays, you know, it would sort of behoove a person to have a law degree. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. Yeah. Um, I mean, I definitely always forget I'm a camper, but like camp truly is a business. So like, I always forget the people running it are like, they're running it. They're not, they're not like campers like me. Yeah, you're in charge of yeah. so many kids. They're yours for the summer. So you really have to know what to do, how to take care of them and kind of make all those big decisions. It's, it's a big business. It's, it's bigger than most people think about. Um, and just in terms of the raw numbers of people. So you talk about the campers and at Tyler Hill, we've got a, a touch more than 500 campers, but we also have 300 people who work at camp. All right. In addition, we're running our own water systems, our own sewage plants. We're running our own food service. So we've kind of, I look at it as a little bit of a city that we're running. And, yeah. and for the most part, actually last year, it was completely self-contained. Nobody left. Yeah. Nobody came in. And so it's really kind of like running a city. And um, and there's budgets and there's planning and there's all the things that come along with any other business. 
Yeah, I was a waitress last summer, so I got to like see, it was the best summer ever, but I got to see the kitchen like firsthand and I grew up at camp. So really being in a kitchen and serving platters and like bringing food out, we're, we're kosher at Chippenau. So you have both sides of the kitchen. It was mm -hmm. like a whole new experience. The kitchen staff's like a whole nother department of camp. Yeah. It's crazy. The support services at camp are so important. Nobody really thinks about them then. Yeah. So when my friends and camp parents, they say, oh, you got the greatest job. You are so lucky. You have the greatest job in the world. They're right. I believe that. I really believe I have the greatest job. But they don't understand that feeding, you know, 800 plus people, cleaning up after 800 plus people, take, running a housekeeping department, creating a security detail, um, you know, doing laundry. Could you imagine doing laundry yeah. for 800 plus people once a week? Um, all of those things take a lot of people and a lot of coordination. And in a summer like 2021, um, when everybody was new, because remember, we didn't have camp in 2020. Yeah. We had no internationals for the most part in 2021. Everybody was new. There was no institutional knowledge. And those were really hard areas of camp to make work last year. And without them working well, the rest of the camp doesn't work well. Yeah, I totally agree. So speaking of summer 2020 and summer 2021, I know a few of the camps, including Tyler Hill, were definitely some of the last to really drop out and say, we can't. How did you, as a camp owner, tackle on that that obstacle of, of COVID? Because I know it was, it was difficult to like figure out all the logistics. So like just from a business standpoint, how did you really tackle that? head on? It's a really good question. And, and it was the hardest thing that I ever had to deal with in business and as a camp director. Um, fortunately, nobody was out on an island here. It, this whole COVID thing created a, a community, a much closer community among all camps. And so we all started working with each other. Now, some of our friends in the community decided in, in April or, or I think in April, um, to, to cancel camp, we decided to wait it out as long as possible. Not because we were any better than anybody else, but because we had a relationship with our parents where we kept telling them we need a little more time. If there was a way to do it, we were going to find a way to get it done. Um, but in the end, there was just really no safe way to open in our minds uh, a camp our size uh, with people coming from all over the, the, the country, because we knew we weren't going to get people from out of the country to come in. Um, it just became a little bit too much for us to do, based mostly on the fact that the, that, that the governor of our state, you know, put such tight restrictions on what we would be able to do, how many kids could live in a bunk, how we were going to pod, how were you going to get kids to water ski if this water ski council was only allowed to be in coordination with this pod, right? Yeah. You need 40 water ski instructors, which we know you couldn't get. Um, yeah, I mean, so I it, it just became tough. I remember going on Zooms probably from camp like every week and like, okay, there's an update. Like we can, we can live in bunks now. Like it's okay. I yeah. remember just being so hyper-focused on like what was going to happen. I never really thought of like the the process of like how, of what, what it, yeah and what it entailed. Yeah, it, it was tough. And listen, it was tough in 2021 also trying to figure out where we were in the course of the virus and it's not gone. 
while you know the restrictions are becoming a little bit lighter and while the this sort of course of the virus is in a different place now than it was a year ago and certainly two years ago i think this is something that we're going to have to live with and it'll be part of how we plan for camp moving forward um and and, and that's that's camp yeah <laughs> So we often think like just from a camper's perspective that camp's like a summer thing, it's your summer home, but what like work goes into it over the winter months, fall and spring? Yep, look, obviously a tremendous amount of work goes into it. There's there's so many different layers. And if you wanna start peeling back the layers, um, and, and I, I like to take people through it kind of chronologically through the calendar. So camp ends in August. And all of us, from campers to counselors to directors, all go through that same sort of depression at the end of camp. I yeah. can't believe we've waited this long and it happened like that. And now it's over and we now need to wait another 300 days to get it done again. Um, we go through that same feeling. We also go through a feeling of kind of like we get to rejoice a little bit because all that hard work <clears throat> came to fruition and we landed a great summer and we hit a home run and everybody had a great time. And then we really get back to work right after Labor Day in September. It's all about securing the staff from this past year to make sure that we can get as many of them to come back for the next year. We clean up all of the things that we have to among camper issues, whether as did we, did we hit our mark on programming? Did we hit our mark on communication? How did we do with our photographs? How did we do with food service and housekeeping and all those things? And we really begin to assess that. And then we roll into October and November and we take a look at the numbers. How do we handle our budgets? How are we looking moving forward into next year's budget? How do we plan? What's our number gonna be? How's enrollment? How's staffing going? And then December, like many businesses, you know, seasonal businesses, that's our time to kind of relax a little bit. We take the foot off the pedal a little bit in December. The last couple of weeks are, are generally among, you know, camp folks, a quiet time to just kind of reflect and, and, and enjoy. And then we get into the new year and it's again, the foot's on the pedal again, and we begin the countdown. And ironically today we're talking on the hundred day to camp mark. Yeah. Today is a hundred days to camp. Probably saw it on the on the website or on the Instagram or whatever it is. Um, but that's it. We kind of say, all right, we're 200 days out. We're 150 days out. Today, we're 100 out. And each of those dates is a, a bit of a milestone for us. So today, it's all right, here we go. The weather's turning. The times, you know, the, the clocks went back an hour yeah. or ahead an hour. Um, and so it's starting to feel real. We're moving back up to camp more frequently. We're looking at all of the capital improvements that we made. Um, we're filling out programming charts. It's like, it starts to get exciting again. Yeah. yeah. I remember always like around a hundred days is when I pull out my, I go to Blurish, I go to uniform camp. I pull out the uniform and I start like counting all my uniforms. I'm like, what do I need? I start, I start really organizing and like really yeah. getting. Yeah. It's time, Pack. it's time to start getting yeah. the, the duffels out. Every, every shopping trip. Oh, I need this for camp. <laughs> the best time of the year. Exactly. Another so, trip to Denny's. Yeah. Yep. So from a business standpoint, what tips and tricks do you have and use to further build out the Tyler Hill community? Well, I think that um, it's, look, it's, it's a tough question. I, I think that from a business perspective, um, again, everything is kind of based around enrollment. And so 
uh, the most important thing we do is is deliver an excellent product with amazing customer service. And as long as you continue to do that and you can retain between 92, 95, 96% of your kids each year, then you're putting yourself in a really great place to, to sort of be where you want to be the next year. Naturally, we have to continue to enroll new campers. Those are our kids going to now second and third grade and fourth grade and fifth grade, whatever it is. Um, and, and it's important that each year you're putting the right amount of money back into your program, back into your facility, uh, back into your staff uh, to, to make sure that there are enhancements every single year. Kids come back. What is, is I don't want to make it into amusement park, but kind of what's new, what, what is different about 2022 than different than, than 2021? Um, mm -hmm. You know, for us, we put a lot of value on the staff that we hire. And so we're building out our staff. We're, we're creating more positions in camp to sort of make it a little bit easier on everybody. And, um, and so that, that's one of the big things that we do at Tyler Hill. Mm -hmm. So speaking about community and like just building that community, how do you incorporate scope into the Tyler Hill community? And, and like, how do you kind of give back, give back? Yep. Um, so scope is a big part of our lives. Wendy and I got involved in scope when we first got involved in camping back in 1993. Um, I, I'll never forget this. Um, I went to my first scope benefit. It was, 1993 and they had what was called a 50 50 raffle you know you raise twenty thousand dollars and ten thousand a 50 50 is ten thousand goes to the charity and ten thousand goes to the lucky raffle winner um and i was just learning about scope and i'll never forget uh the owner of a camp uh the owner of camp laurel at the time his name was ron scott and ron scott had the winning ticket Okay, and and it was ten thousand dollars that he was going to get. He turned around and he gave it right back. He didn't think about it. He said, "You know what? Take it." And I was so moved by that. First of all, ten thousand dollars is a tremendous amount of money. Yeah, it's yeah. a lot of money right now. Thirty years ago, it was even more money than it is, yeah. like a million dollars, right? Yeah. And and so, you know, when I was able to see how important it was to people in our industry to create experiences for kids that didn't sort of look and sound kind of like, you know, the kids that go to Tyler Hill or, or the camps where you go to um, and service kids from different communities. Um, it became something that I got deeply involved with. So, you know, I would say for the past 10 years, we weave it into camp through programming. We do things, uh, we do fundraisers. We will do things at camp um, like a special event. We'll do a mud run. The whole camp will get into their Tyler Hill white gear and we will run into the woods and we will go through, you know, dirt and whatever. And we take pictures and parents support. They sponsor their kids. They sponsor their bunch or whatever it is. And I would say over the past 10 years, I mean, we've probably raised, you know, maybe a quarter of a million dollars mm -hmm. from our camp families um that that has gone to scope and uh it's something that our kids are really proud of um i'm really proud of and and scope is really happy to be a part of and each year scope sends somebody to camp to manage it 
Yeah, it's amazing. We did Chippenaw, um, we always did Maury Pro Maury's project. And last year, now that I'm super involved with Scope and two of my camp friend home friends um, are also really involved with Scope. We did, we wrote letters last year because it was a weird summer anyway. So we're starting to kind of weave it into the Chippenaw community that way too. But I hope one day we'll be able to raise even like near that amount. That's amazing. It's it's an amazing thing. And, and our so your parents, like the parents that send their kids to Tyler Hill, they, they love when their kids connect to something. What's great about mm -hmm. Scope is that we know what it's like. We know what the camp experience is all about. Yeah. So for us, so for a 12-year-old to say, mom, dad, like if we raise money, we're going to be able to help send 12-year-olds who can't afford to go to camp the ability to go to these camps where they're going to get great counselors, where they're going to get great supervision. They're going to get great activities. They're going to feel great about themselves. And it's very easy for them to make that connection. And uh, so that's, that's one of the things that we've been doing. And like you guys, we have campers who are now on the scope advice, uh, Youth Leadership Council. Yeah, the JLC. Uh, <clears throat> JLC, exactly. Uh, they do mitzvah projects for Scope. And this is how Scope will grow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I know at Blue Ridge and Equinox, we do, I've been doing Scope events in camp for probably since my first summer and way before that. So I feel like by incorporating Scope in camp, you just instill the passion in, in all of your campers and it just, it helps Scope across the board. Totally. What do you believe the, I know we talked about it probably the whole episode, but what do you believe the true benefits of camp are if you had to name a few? Okay. So I think that it, we could just start at, at the bottom. I think that kids that go to camp be, are more independent. I think they're more resilient. Mm -hmm. I think they, um, they understand. Uh, one of the things they learn at camp is they learn how to share, um, yeah. right? So where else do you live with 10 to 12 other people and share yeah, yeah. one little sort of small room with two toilets, two sinks and two showers for seven weeks, 24 hours, seven days a week. Right. Yeah. Um, so they learn how to share the attention of their counselors, they share the living space, share the ball on the basketball court, share the paint brushes in arts and crafts. Um, I think that kids um, who go to camp are more confident. I think they understand the true meaning of what it means to be a friend. Mm -hmm. um, I always say that I think kids that go to camp have a more, um, a better chance at moving off to college successfully than kids yeah. who don't go to camp because you've had that experience. When you are able to step away from your parents' lives into a different world and coexist with other people and lean on other adults to help you get, you know, through or over some of these obstacles, you are helping yourself grow up. And, and that's what I think comes out of the camp experience. Yeah. yeah. I feel like we also saw that a lot with summer 2021, where like we couldn't see our parents for seven weeks. Yeah. Um, no, visiting like, there was no three no. week, four yeah. week gap. There was just right. seven weeks of all of that you just explained 24 seven. Yeah. And, and think about that. Now, when you went to camp, did you know it was going to be seven weeks? Did you was did camp already say there won't be visiting that? Chip and yeah. I did. I yeah, we okay. knew. Right. But yeah, I we were old at that point. Yeah. Exactly. We had to tell our campers a week before visiting day that there wasn't going to be visiting day. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's hard because we again, kind of like in 2020, 
it wasn't until June 1st that we pulled the plug. We were having visiting day until we realized the new Delta variant at the time that had come out really had changed everything. And so we couldn't do it. Um, and so we had to tell our campers a week before visiting day that it wasn't going to happen. Um, and, you know, the older kids handled it beautifully. The younger ones had, you know, had a bit of more of a struggle. But all of those things led to, again, kids becoming more mature, kids yeah. growing up. And, and that's what I, when I talk about resilience, I talk about those types of things. Yeah, I was really shy um, up until probably my second or third summer at camp. And now like I can talk to anyone, like I'm so friendly and I credit all of it to camp. And I really don't think like the opportunities I have are because I'm able to reach out and I credit all of that to camp and it's changed my life thus far. And I think it'll continue to change my whole life just because of my camp experience. Yeah, I love that. I think that's amazing. Yeah. So speaking of all those character traits that, that you just described in children, what do you think camp has taught you? Probably like the main lesson. What do you think you've gained from your experience? Well, I continue to grow. So I, I think it, what what I have learned, a, a lot of what I talk most about in, in terms of myself and even with our leadership staff is is leadership. Um, camp gives people the opportunity to step up and be leaders. We, we give you leadership when you're 12, 13, 14, when you can be a, a color war, you know, yeah. officer for your, your captain for your team, or you can be a captain of the cheer team, captain of the dancing, whatever it is, um, right up in, in, you know, through our college age counselors and our leadership staff. For me, camp has taught me how to be an effective communicator and an effective leader. Um, I read a lot. Um, I, I spend a lot of time working on the best ways to communicate with people, not just campers, but, you know, our staff as well. Um, so I think camp is really an opportunity for people to become leaders. It's one of the only jobs you can take yeah. where you don't need any experience to get the job. Mm -hmm. And you can make mistakes along the way in a safe place that's going to allow you to make those and grow from them. Um, there aren't a lot of businesses that, that give people those opportunities. Yeah. Um, and so why, how, how do you become a better leader? Again, you practice it. You work on yourself a lot. You commit to mm -hmm. always being a learner. Um, and along the way, you also grow more confident. I am certainly a more confident camp director today than I was in 1996 when I became a co-director for the first time. Um, and that's, that's experience. That's life. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So do you have, that was our last question, but do you have any like last words or anything to say to listeners to either for Scope or Tyler Hill or just the camp community? I think, you know, what I would like to share, remember, I'm here because I was so blown away at what you girls are doing for Scope um, as a as a lifelong Scope supporter, at least a camp life Scope supporter. Um, you know, what you guys are doing really is, is amazing. And I, I was so proud to be part of an organization that allows, you know, 16-year-olds to get out there and create something that is not just about them, it's about the, much, the, the, the bigger community. I think that everybody who listens to this podcast should find something that they're passionate about. And if they're passionate about camp like we are, 
they ought to look at things like scope and Project Mori, which you mentioned also, and find ways to support those programs. Um, we're making a very big difference. I've had the luxury of being able to watch those campers who went to camp through scope back in the 90s and early 2000s. And, and now you look at, I, we can look at them. We physically see them when they come to our dinners as young adults. And when they say it was their camp experiences that gave them the confidence and the drive to go to this new high school, to show up and, and be part of something. And it's how they went to college. And now, of course, everybody knows now, I don't know if everyone knows this or not, but Scope is now creating scholarships for its campers yeah. to go to college, right? So if you go to Scope as a camper going into fifth grade all the way through into 11th grade, you are eligible to have Scope pay for you to go to college in the state of New York at no cost to you. Your tuition is completely covered. And so we have already been sending our first few scope campers to college, and we're going to be sending lots and lots of kids to college in, in, in the future. So find what you're passionate about. I hope it's scope. I hope that 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 people will will continue to jump on this bandwagon with us. We're doing really good things for really great people. And um, and we're making a difference in the world together. Yeah, totally. Great. I mean, I've chills. That was, yeah, that was amazing. Incredible. It's definitely all due to the passion that like, like you created for your campers. And I know like my camp directors have yeah. created for me and like what's created for Sabrina, you know, it's all, it's passion all is contagious. Mm -hmm. It totally is. Exactly. I go back to what I said in the beginning. I didn't, this wasn't something that was driven by me. Somebody taught it to me. This mm -hmm. is what we do. I, again, I watched Ron Scott, my partner, Jay created scope. So when you have a partner and a mentor like that, and, and he shows you how important it is and why giving back is a really important part, it's very easy for you to grow passionate about it and, and to have the same sort of excitement over it. And so this is what we're doing. We're continuing to pass it down. You guys will continue to do the same thing. Right. Yeah, exactly. definitely. Thank you so, so much for Thank coming you. on. This was amazing. I loved it. I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, I'd love talking to you guys. I wish you guys the best of luck in school at camp this summer with Scope, and um, I'll continue to listen in. Thank, Thank you. you.